Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season five, ep five, episode nineteen. Um, and before I even get to the lads, I'm pulling up Joe's comment because it is so damn good. Yeah, and I think we've just made a wee correction. I think it says seventeen on the wee, uh dashboard below, but uh, but, oh, but yeah, it does, it is, yeah, yeah, but it is episode <laughs> it is episode nineteen, folks. But yeah, <laughs> but by goodness, we gave those giants an ass whooping. <laughs> Absolutely, we did. So uh, I'm just I'm just gonna amend that. So, gents, what's the initial thoughts after Sunday? Um. It was expected, like, if we didn't win this game by 30-plus points, it would still be considered a loss because due to how the downfall of the Giants are, like, like we can, like, people can criticise, oh, yeah, you just only beat the Giants or whatever, but still, we still managed to put them away even before halftime again. Like, was it, what, mm -hmm. uh, 80, like 68 points unanswered in six quarters of football? 68 yeah. points in six quarters of football. Then obviously they scored in the third, um, uh, third quarter and stuff like that. So, and like and uh, Valenti just uh, commented, eighty nine seventeen. That's the biggest deficit since what nineteen sixty two or something like that. Some crazy, yeah. some crazy yeah. statistic like that. So regardless of how bad the competition was, it's still a massive record breaking. Like you've had CD Lamb making records that game. You had that press got balling out in that game. Like he, he was, he looked, and he looked very uh, composed. He looked very on target, and yeah, he looked really great. So yeah, I'm very happy. And uh, now going into the Panthers uh, this weekend. Yeah, Jamie, you were covering the game on Twitter, and you were having a lot of fun doing that. That doing that game this week. Oh God, yeah. Um... I think Paul touched pretty much on everything, didn't he? On, on that, it was it was it was a it was a complete performance. It was the kind of performance the Cowboys should have had against. This is no disrespect, but a really weakened Giants team. But what was what was good as well was Dak again showed from the last few games. He, he's continued that trend, and I, I mentioned that last week to you guys, saying, "Look, it's, we need to see it a lot more." And we saw it again. Um, Rico Dowdle looked really good. Um, Brandon Cooks had a coming out party at wide receiver. The defense looked good. I think I think was it five five guys got a sack of piece. Um, we got an, we got an interception. Um, I think the only, and it's not it's not it's not even a knock it's not a knock on the defense. It's more because of how well they played. It's just a shame that they allowed the touchdown towards end. Just because because of how well they played, I, I felt like they deserved. Mm -hmm. To have a, have a touchdown shutout, um, but such is life in the NFL. Um, it's 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 not a big deal. That's a, it's probably more of a nitpick. And like I say it was more just because the defense played well. It would have been nice for them to come away as a group mm -hmm. without allowing a touchdown. But down here, thirty two beaten by beaten by thirty two points. I don't think we can really. I don't yeah. think there's a lot of negatives or, or any negatives in that game whatsoever. Is it? Yeah, I, I, but before we kind of mention for this, I want to give a shout out to the, the New York Giants UK guys, like, because they've been actually absolute class, like, like dealing with it, what, what they're having to deal with, and they've been absolutely like top class guys in terms of having the back and forth on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, absolute class, that guys. So, 
Um, we know like it's it's a shame that your team's kind of going through that phase and whatever not, but uh, I'm sure you guys will come back stronger and stuff like that, like whatever not. But and the rivalry will kind of go on from there. But just want to give a wee shout out to those guys because it's it sucks to be in their side of the part, seeing their team being in that situation. I know they're mm. I know they're a rival and stuff like that, and we take we like to beat our rivals, but at the same time, it's like. Do you imagine if that was us, we would be, we'd be like kicking and screaming and throwing the fences. We might want to think about a different team to support pretty much. That's what most people would actually would do. But that's just shows a true, uh, true, true, true character of them being uh, fans for their team. Mm-hmm. Right, Stepping by yeah. no matter what. So shout out to the Giants UK guys. Yeah. Answer to the question, Brian. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> very good very good so mark anthony had a question asking if jamie uh text in the team matt hanging with the boys but um going, going back to your point there paul i mean like the giant the uk giants are guys that are all class we've absolutely you know, we've been on their show they've been on with us and it's always a pleasure to talk to them and like jamie was interacting away with them all through that match on saturday sunday evening and there was no bitterness there was no bitchiness and you know as fans on this side of the pond we're very it's, much it's, it's respect it's respect and yeah it's, yeah it's 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 not as bitter as it can be in the U- uk or sorry in the us and um, and that's great to see like we're all fans of the game first and foremost and then we're all fans of our teams and we just want to enjoy it you know yeah yeah absolutely um because not, not not to mention any of our teams out there, but we have some situations where certain fan groups have kind of been a wee bit more hostile than others, but can't say nothing bad about the UK Giants guys. So, but yeah. Yeah. And like, like to be fair, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Andy is probably tuned into the show right now. He, um, he often does drop a message during, during the weeks of the game, Yeah, you know, so, so fair play, you know, it's, it's great that they're giving us support. We give them support and, you know, it's long may it continue. But kind of, guys, you did touch on this during, during your, your preamble there. You're saying like there was records galore broken on um, Sunday night. Like it's the first time we've had two receivers go over 150 yards and um, we've had two rushers over 50 yards it's the biggest difference in yards gained. It's De- Dak's 10th game with 400 plus yards. We've the, the, All the other QBs combined for the Dallas Cowboys have only nine games between them. CeeDee Lamb is the first player to ever go three games in Super Bowl year with 10 plus catches and 150 yards in a game. You know, it's, it's just the numbers are just staggering. Yeah, and it's at, at first, because we were questioning, it was the idea of this Texas Coast offense really the right way forward. But now we're starting to see the momentum going week by week. Like, even though we lost to the Eagles, right? Even though we lost, right? But there was a lot of good positives in that offense that we can take on board. And in this game in particular, I need we need to give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit. He made a lot of good adjustments in this game. You got yeah. Cooks involved a lot more. Rico Dowder got involved a lot more. We saw how players should be actually be utilised. 
Like we saw Michael Gallup going the deep route. We mentioned this in the pregame show. Like, and he got a touchdown. Michael Gallup made the touchdown from that game as well. Um, CD Lamb being who he is, and Brandon Cooks was on fire in that game. And that was the one we were like, how many things were we questioned? What was the point of bringing Brandon Cooks in? Well, that there answered all your questions, there, folks. Like that there is like that's why we brought Brandon Cooks in. When he is actually utilized, I think we've now finally know how to utilize him and how to utilize like so even Jalen Brooks, like mm. he, he had a good game as well, even though he was only on there for like small period of time, but he made some good good catches to help us gain some good yardage. Um but yeah, um but I think the I think the only downside is our offense, and, and I don't want to talk any downsides really, but Mm-hmm. Is is Tony Pollard still that running back we want to kind of like keep on yeah. the team? Like, because frankly, I think we can actually move on from. If I'm being perfectly honest, like from mm-hmm. next year, like I hope he, like, I hope he actually really comes out and really starts to get those 100 rushing yards and score multiple touchdowns again. But whatever it is, it just not seems to not be working with him right now. But but when we've got likes of Dodo in there, he's bringing a bit more power, a lot more drive into those rushes right now, and I'm all for that. Yeah. You know, we we say we say about Pollard, do you not feel like it has a little bit of a a feel to Dalton Schultz? Whereas when he, we we franchise tagged him and he wasn't worth the franchise tag, and, to, and no disrespect to Pollard, but I don't think Pollard was worth the franchise tag. Um, yeah. I think that they used it on him, obviously, to, to cover the backsides because they had, had no running back after Zeke, really. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, Jamie. In terms of um, what was the first point you made, sorry? The first point? You're saying you it mean, felt a little bit like Schultz, didn't it, by using the, the oh, tag wait, wait, wait. and it wasn't really worth it. In terms of the tag and stuff, uh, yeah, I get that. But in terms of Pollard in general, I think with. Even Zach Martin and even likes of um, Terrence Steele, those three guys missed the majority of quite a lot of training camp. Well, Tony Pollard's coming back from a big massive surgery. Uh, same with Terrence Steele, but the majority mm-hmm. of likes of Zach Martin missing out of training camp kind of proved evident in the first half of the season. That so I think that's a big massive factor to consider mm-hmm. as well. So hopefully. And hopefully, and I'm saying this with a lot of lot of bus uh, gusto here. I hopefully that Tony Pollard can change that and get back into rhythm again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like some some of the comments that have come in here from um from Andrew and from Joe, still worried the Pollard is not the same player this year. Yeah, Joe is saying yeah. the only reason Pollard is still playing is because of his ten million dollar contract. And I think at this stage, it's fair to say that, that that is an issue. And sorry, Mark has just come in with a comment as well and said a couple of weeks ago, we have to use our backs in the wrong yes. back by committee. Yes, I've, yeah. been, I've, been, like, I've been saying that even before the season started. You saw the success of Kansas City last year and even with the Eagles last year. like They had a running back by committee and it proved very successful. Even with Cleveland, they had... Um, Nick Chubb and who, who was the Kareem Hunt? They had that yeah. running back. There was no prime, like even though Chubb is regarded as the running back one, but mm-hmm. they did share quite a lot of carries and stuff like that. So I am all in favor of the whole running back committee. Massive favor for that. 
Not, not to kind of run off on a tangent here, but I was thinking it on Sunday when I was covering the game and I, I didn't really want to put it out there. Um, but would, if you can get him at the right price, would you would you pick up maybe a Saquon Barkley if you can get him at the right price? Ooh, that's actually quite good. Because he's a pending free agent, isn't he? And I can't see him franchise, I can't see them franchise tagging him again. I don't, he's not going to get the contract like Zeke. Like Zico or yeah. like that. he's not gonna get that because he knows fine well that he's had multiple injuries. He's his performance is dipped. He's actually got worse stats than Tony Pollard right now. So he's not really justifying himself to get a big contract like our running backs have done in the past. So I would take the gamble on Barclay if he was to become available and have him as that running back by committee. It means it takes the pressure of him, less risk of injury, but you're still going to get the full brute force of his type of running style play. So I would definitely take that on board if that, if that was an option for us, for sure. Jamie, I'm, I, I, I'm liking what you're saying there because you're you're actually kind of reading my mind a little bit because myself and Rich have been talking about this today and we're going to start doing <laughs> a look ahead to 2024. So you've, you've, you've kind of planted a kernel there. So uh, yeah, I, I have it locked away you're... sometimes. It don't come out often, but I like to surprise you guys sometimes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And also, also, just to add as well, I'm pretty sure Saquon wouldn't mind not having to pay as much tax by coming to Texas rather than paying in New York. That's, that's something true. to consider. That's something to consider as well. So, <laughs> and uh, to be fair, uh, Andrew is joining in here, and he's saying yes, Jamie Saquon Barkley, he, he he would take. I think if you could get him for five, six, seven million it, per year. I don't think I'd complain about that kind of no, deal. No. You know, if you've a, a Rico Dowdle there it, who can help, if you've a, a third running back and a fourth running back that can kind of help with the numbers, that, that you know, you're not having to realize, you, as you rightly say, Paul, that you don't have a bell cow running back anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, there's so many benefits to not having a bell cow running back. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of, and, and this is what I was kind of afraid of for like B. John Robinson right now at Atlanta. He is the bell, bell cow right now for Atlanta, but already we can actually see him be, basically being overused right now and it is kind of wearing down on him. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he's having the impact that people expect. People would expect B. John to be what the impact that uh, Zeke and Saquon did in their rookie seasons. That's not the case. Not the case mm-hmm. at all. It really depends how you utilize him, but. I think with now, like, like says Zeke, he's now been the running by by committee because he's just Stevenson in New England. Like, it's taking like it's taking less hits to the body. It means he can prolong his career a bit more and stuff like that. What's that? It's that nice, nice piano. Oh, I wonder who that is. Taffy, taffy apple. Uh, I, I think I think we know who that is, but um, good good friend of the show, and I know you guys are going to be meeting up with this gentleman next week. Christopher Lee is saying Giants yeah. fans would ask my man, but Chris, oh, Giants fans would die if that was the case, Chris. They hold to them yeah. in high regard, but I kind of feel like, in a way, I feel bad for Saquon because he kind of feels as all the whole team's in his shoulders right now. I think he would actually like to be in a different environment where the pressure's off him, really, if that makes sense as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think we've kind of I think we've kind of talked about this and I, I want to bring something else up though. Did anyone see Barstow Sports 
Um, yes, Chris. Let's go. Barbecue waiting. Cannot wait. Tuesday night next week. Yes! <laughs> but did anyone see, did anyone see the, the post uh, way back from July about Dak Prescott by Barstow Sports? It's like that. Please reply to us about Dak, because uh, they think Dak was going to get 10 interceptions by November 1st. Did anyone see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> For God's the basket. <laughs> oh, the, the band, the band, the band has absolutely flown, flown tonight. I still think Labaski's G. I, I, I've just because have, have you noticed? It's he, he never comments when Graham's on, and vice versa. It's, yeah, the no, 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 no. has been on when Graham's been on at the same time, and Labaski's yeah. actually. Because Graham and, Lab- Graham and Labarski have a little, not a nemesis in a way, but they have a good bit of bad, <laughs> yeah, a good bit romance. Of, a a bit like Batman and Robin. Yeah. Hi. Hi. And to be fair, Jamie, you and Labarski have never been seen in the same room either. I know, Jamie. That is very true, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, Oh, we're, we're, going, we're, going from, we're going from a Cowboys podcast here to a bit of um, yeah. a bit theory. Of it's, it's, the it's, conspiracy it's, theory, that's it, conspiracy yeah. theories. It's the DC files. Yeah. <laughs> Get back to a couple of points here. And Mark Anthony has made two points, and I'm going to pull the two of them up, and then I'll throw it over to you guys. There's nothing wrong with Tony Pollard. He's the same back he's always been. Fans wanted Zeke gone. Now you've got what you've got. That's a fair point, And yeah. then he's, he's added on top of that, stop concentrating on a single back. If we get over 100 yards rushing per game, does it really matter if it's one back or three? So that's very true. And, 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 saying, I, I, and not to kind of jump the gun a bit, but um, Dowdle, like we said, we said, he had his coming out party this weekend. So I think like I think we all kind of we were saying in the group, weren't we? we were saying like, look, can we not just keep feeding him the ball? Like that's no disrespect to Pollard, but the, the game was getting way out of hand in terms of a giant thing, so why not keep going um, and giving him, like I say, giving him a lot more of the ball to then be able to blood him more into the game, into games going down the line. It's one of their things in it. Um, it's a shame, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that, Paul, saying like, if you get 100 yards through three running backs, it's no different, is it? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I just to kind of back up Mark's comment, like, I'm gonna like I agree with him 100 what he's saying about the rushing yards, but at the end of the day, as long as we put more points on the board than the other team, I don't think yeah. we care. End of the day, but if we're putting in performances like that, then who who really cares? Like, if I would love us to dominate every game, like I'd get every player on the board on the score sheet, that'd be amazing. But the reality is, it's like as long as we are actually putting points in the board and actually outscoring our opponents, that's the most important thing. We need to put the games to Ws. That's it. Yeah. So um, just you can kind of see there rolling through the bottom of the screen. Just we do have a few injury updates um, and say the latest news and that. And CJ Goodwin has been shut down for the season. But concerningly and... I want to get both of your opinions on this. It also, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch has also been shut down for the season. I've just, I've just got some news as well, actually. Yeah. Um, as of right now, the New York Jets have just released running back Michael Carter. Yeah. 
Wow. Yep. Wow. Right. That is, that's an odd decision. Mm, I was quite surprised. But sorry, Brian, I, I, as, yeah. you were, as you were going there. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. But as I say, look, Leighton Van Der Esch is finished for 2023. <sighs> and there is potential that Leighton Van Der Esch, his career is potentially over at this stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it's it's really sad to say because I think like since Dan Quinn's been involved, LVE's been he has been so much more productive in the defense. The only downside of LVE is he's got those neck injuries and every hit is a bit fragile. I'd rather make sure that LVE actually is healthy in life rather than being back at football. So. If the, if this is the last time we're ever gonna see him in the count, like ever see him play was back in San Francisco, then so be it. But I rather make sure that he's actually healthy and actually can have a good life after football. Because mm-hmm. if he was to come back and take one more hit or get pushed in the back by Trent Williams, which was a dirty move, I might add. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll. Talk about Trent Williams all day long because I find that guy is a piece of crap. That's my personal opinion about Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. He's he's a dirty player for his whole career, and what he did to push him in the back and push him like push his head down into Michael Parsons was ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's sad to say, but I'm every way uh, than being carted off to the, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's sad to because I've had the honor of actually meeting Leighton, and he's such a lovely guy. Um, I met him back in 2018. Uh, no, was it 2018? Yeah, it was 2018. It was rookie season. I met him uh, when he just got drafted, and lovely guy. And I, I just, I really do wish him odd. Like, I just hope it's nothing. As much as I really would love to see him come back and play to the field, but I am scared for him. If that makes sense, I'm scared for him. I don't want him to end up being. <laughs> Oh, oh, what's happened, Brian? What's happened? So Joe has just reached out and told us Kelvin Joseph has just been released by the Miami Dolphins. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Could, not not to jump away from the point Paul's making, but just because it's the... Could you maybe see the Cowboys going to try and pick him up? What, Joseph? Kelvin no. Joseph? No. No? No. no. Uh, no. nah, that that bridge is burned, unfortunately. Yeah. But look, Jamie, like we can see the messages coming in and, and, and from everybody, it's pretty much a unanimous um hope he does retire. There's more to life than football. And Taffy Apple is saying, will he finally be the ex Cowboys player who becomes a coach? See, you know, I- we all we all hope the Sean Lee effect on that one. I definitely find like if Leighton does have like that those type of qualities. I mean, he's still young. Like he can build definitely build a career being a coach so early on. Like use his experience, like what to do, what what not to do in terms of tackling, especially. Um, but yeah, but but yeah, if if he does come back and does play football again, I am going to be on my seat, nervous every time he makes a, a tackle. That's all I'm going to say. Not, but if he if he does decide to retire, then 
I'm 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 happy for him. Like, yeah. but if there's one thing like. Uh, if LV has to retire, we need to try and get at least try and get him some type of honor, some type of like get him the NFC uh, NFC East title or something like that, just to give him an honors for this year because he has yeah. contributed because he has contributed in that. So yeah. we need to give him something back in return because he's he's taking like um, reduced deals for us to stay in the team and stuff like that. It's been team friendly. It's been nothing but um, very pro Cowboys in terms of since he's been drafted. So. And he's been and he's he's to me I I I have the most upvote, most love and respect for him. Yeah, Jamie, give us your own thoughts. Yeah, there was always that worry at the start of his career when he come out come out of college with with the neck injury. Um, the Cowboys have got a really good medical staff, so I couldn't understand why they were probably not too concerned. But then, like you say, as he get, gets going in. Obviously, nobody gets. Do you know what I mean, everybody gets older. It, it just happens, doesn't it? And you take a lot, lot longer to to recover from these things. But then, and you don't ever want to see. I'm not saying it would happen, but do you know what I mean, but it, it's it's a scary point. You don't want to see something like what happened to Ryan Shazier happen to anybody else. That was an awful injury. Um, and like I said, like Paul touched on, it's there's life after football. Like, yeah. It's, it's what he knows and what he does, but you've got to think of your, your family life. And we, we say there's a lot to do with Tyron Smith. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like it's, and it would be devastating to see him go, but you've got to look at the bigger picture and it's, is it really worth his health mm-hmm. to come back and, and try and, and and win it? It's it's one of them, it's like six to one and a half doesn't over in it. It's like, if, if he comes back, yeah, be very nervous. But I would also be glad to see him back. But if he goes, it's it'd be like thanks for everything. It's a shame it ended early, but he's he's a cowboy. He'll always be a cowboy. Yeah, Lebarski has just just come to here. He said, "I would bet this is one of those cases where Jerry shines and pays him his contract." I mean. Jerry always does stuff like this and he will always look after former players. I mean, they stood by Travis Frederick when Travis had to take a year out with Gene Barr's disease. They stood by Sean Lee when Sean had a couple of years where he, you know, wasn't making the fields. You know, didn't they do it to Tyron Smith as well? Didn't they cover his medical bills? Yeah. Oh yeah. While he was injured. Yeah. Oh, that, did I read wrong? No, no, you're you're correct. Like they, the Cowboys as an organization are very, mm. very much help out. And even if players no longer under contract, they will do what they can to help out a former player we, and look we, after them. We can't forget the one, mo- the, the one that Jerry did the most for. Yeah, when I was Jaylen, coming here, Jalen Smith. Yeah. Ah, no, I was thinking thingy actually. I was thinking, um, God, Randy Gregory. Oh, him as well, but yeah. I thought that's what you were going to say, but yeah, Jalen Smith, yeah. No, 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 Jalen Smith, Chris. Uh, we drafted him when he actually did the, probably one of the worst injuries you could ever ask for. We picked him up in the second round. Mm-hmm. We gave him a whole year rehab. Jerry covered all the medical bills to let him actually get up to that point. All the Dallas Cowboys medical staff get him up to the point where he could actually play football and have a career. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like, he had a good couple of seasons, but at the tail end, obviously, like, 
things happen as they did happen. But if that's one thing you can say about Jerry Jones, he does look after his players very, very well when they're injured or they've not no like or they're retired or whatever. Like remember when Romo retired and that, like uh Jerry was very supportive. He actually like like paid off the like like didn't obviously the, him, I can't remember what the actual like what the contract was, but basically Tony basically brought all the rest of his money essentially because yeah. he, he had like two years left or something, and he's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cover that, and it won't hit. And obviously, outside the cap type of thing deal. Yeah, like as as Mark says here, he says some people can hate on Mister Jones, but he truly believes once a cowboy, always a cowboy. And yes. the first he says. He, he he agrees, you know, say what you will, but no no one loves the Cowboys more than Jerry. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, Jerry get, does get a lot of flack because obviously, like, is he doing enough to get us into the situation where we want to be in the Super Bowl and stuff like that? Does he too, is, yeah. is he too egotistic? Yeah. yeah, you could say that, but at the same time, you cannot fault Jerry Jones for looking after his players, his staff, his medical teams and stuff like that. He, he really does make sure that he's got a well-oiled engine over there in terms of, like, yeah. it's always constantly going. There's no disarray or anything like that. There's no skit. There's no problems and mm. whatever. And that. Like, it, it's, yeah, he's, he's very on top of that. So you need to give Jerry respect for that. Yeah. So bring it, bring it, bringing it back round to the game itself, um, which we're here to cover. And look, I'll just I'll I'll start rolling the, the credits through. As I say, Dak Prescott twenty six thirty five for four hundred and four yards and four touchdowns, one interception. He also rushed for a touchdown. I mean, Dak Prescott right now is probably the hottest quarterback in the NFL. The disrespect, the disrespect that Dak Prescott is getting right now is ridiculous. Like, what more does Dak need to actually get mainstream media to actually say something nice about him? Honestly, it's, it's getting ridiculous. I, I don't cares. Totally agree. Sorry, Jamie, you just dropped out there, but go ahead. I, know, I, was gonna say, I totally agree. What possibly if if that would if that would have been a Patrick Mahomes performance. It'd be all over the NFL mainstream. They'd be shouting from the rooftops. But and and I and I think if everybody goes back through the last few shows I've been and I've been very critical of Dak and saying it, we need to see this more from him. And, and we've seen it. What now? Is it four, three, four, five weeks in a row now? And it's yeah. it, it's still not getting the props. And it's it's a little bit pissing off. Excuse the language for it, but it's like you say if if this was a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Joe Not Burrow, sure. it'd be all over. And it's it's like it, it brushes under the cap because it's Dak, and it's like, well, we'll go and give Dak his props. Do you know what I mean? He's been he's been immense. And to be fair, the yeah, the interception was a little bit like, uh, but he come back out and you know what I mean, some quarterbacks that would have probably shook up and they'd have had a bit of a sketchy game, but he went out and literally he lit it up. Yeah. I want, I, want to, I want to mention this though, right? And this is not really so much on Dak, right? Like, we're so, Dak, Dak is the most efficient quarterback in the NFL as of right now, based on your QBR ratings, in terms of your efficiency of passing the ball, or in terms of accuracy right now. Dak's right up there. Hurts is, oh, like, he is top up there, but not as much as Dak. 
Not in the but, same team. I know, but but based yeah. on the, there was a scatter graph about it in terms of the efficiency and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, I was just like, it's like hmm, that's quite interesting. It's like they were praising Josh Allen. They're praising mm-hmm. likes of Mahomes, who's Average QBR rating is like below 100 right now. Yeah, Dak's overall QBR rating is like 110 or something like that throughout the whole yeah. season. Yeah, he's, he's had the two bad games, obviously against Arizona and San Francisco. But in terms of any other game, he's like been in the 90s, the mid 100s, and the and, and like the 120s, like pretty much. So 38 this weekend. 138, so there you go. So he's almost yeah. a perfection in that game. And and again, yeah. who like yeah, you can say it, yeah, it's the Giants. Who cares? It's still impressive the fact to do it at that high level. If you're in the NFL, you're good enough to actually be playing against this. I, I hate this idea. It's like, yeah, we're playing against the replacements. I'm sorry, but you're not exactly gonna bring in Joe Bloggs from the street to play. Like, you know what I mean? So and and I thought the, the the disrespect was ridiculous from like so CBS Sports and NBC Sports. And um, yeah. Mike Mike posted a couple of tweets about it. One in particular was, and this is not towards that, but this is just to whole of Dallas, right? They listed out of all the top Super Bowl champions, like obviously listing them out. So they had New England at six, San Francisco at five. Then next on four was like the New York Giants. Then yeah. there was the, all the other teams. Dallas was not in that list. They've got five Super Bowls and they did, and they completely skipped out the, the other team that's won five yeah. Super Bowls. It yeah. was so disrespectful. I'm like, uh, is yeah. it, are they really trying to trigger us to really kind of get a kick out of us? I would say so, yes. But, yeah. and you've got, and you exactly for Lenty, there was no Cowboys in that. And when it comes to like, the I think it was like the the Jets game it was like notable performances against the Jets. Jalen Hurts two interse- one interception, two touchdowns, blah 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 blah. Even though they lost, Mahomes almost the exact same statistics. I was like, I'm sorry, but where was Dak's statistics in that? I'm pretty sure he actually dominated against the Jets and actually a, a good Jets team with Sauce Gardner playing. I might add. Mm-hmm. See, so, you know, just 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 to kind of tally on to back up what Paul's saying as well, you flip it on the other way. If Dak has an awful game, you hear it no endless amount of time. So, but uh, but look at and, and only because Paul mentioned he did Josh Allen. He's been awful the last four or five weeks. We've hardly heard anything. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah, we could be critical of Dak. That's just like that, but that's a fan, that's a fan perspective because you. We're fans of the team, so we, we get we see more than we probably would do with the other quarterbacks in the league. But it's also like it gets to a point where you sit there and think, "Is that QB?" Regardless of what we think, it's like give him the props. You you slag him off when he's bad. Give him the props and be 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 diplomatic about it and and give him the props because you quickly jump on his back so quickly so be quick to get him on, on your shoulders and praise him. Like yeah. I think all, all all we're asking for is fair analysis. Yeah. Fair, fair analysis, like for the the pro cowboys in the mainstream media, like your Skip Bayless and 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 I'm and I hate to say this, but Michael Irvin as well. They oversell us, if that makes sense. Like they yeah. they make mm. us a target. Like it's like just 
I would tell them, calm it down, speak more logic. And yeah. when it comes to the other teams, it's like, uh, just be more, just actually talking based on facts and, and rather than be emotional when it comes to Chris, you just beat your team or you don't like them, whatever that. You need to give props when it's actually due. Well, here's the thing, Paul. And I think, look, I'm going to speak about a guy who we all know quite well. And I think this is the guy who is the most balanced of all in the media. And that's our own Dave Hellman. Yes. Dave is never too high. He's never too low at all. If he sees a bad play, he'll call, look, that's not great. But if it's good, he'll call it good. And that ranges from Dak to C.D. Lamb to Mike Parsons to everyone. And he's consistent, not just with the Cowboys, but every team, every team. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. gives it 100% the way it's supposed to be. But the thing is, like Dave's got now got his own segment now, which is great because on Speak, I think they on that particular TV show, they're looking for clickbait mm. essentially. And I don't think what like. I could I could be spitballing here, and David, you're listening. I do apologize. I think with with Dave being on there, he was being too like too analytical for the likes of minds of Lashawn McCoy, who I'm sorry, who is a complete absolute fool. I'm sorry, but it just was not getting the engagement that they want with the more Joy Taylors and your Lashawn McCoys to say, "Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. trash." Oh, but that's just for four touchdowns and no interceptions. How could you call that trash? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jamie, I can see you smiling and you're about to say something. So No, no, I'm, I'm just, it's, I'm smiling because Paul's right. Like you say, it's, it's, it's clickbait stuff, in it? It's, they're, they're all right. If Now, if, like you say, if it was the other way around and I said, well, just use, obviously use LaShawn McCoy because he mentioned him. But if, if it was the other way around and it was Hurts that was getting all this crap, it, it he would rightly would be like, well, hang on a minute, he's played well. Why don't you give him? Why don't you give him his props? Like we say, but it's clickbait, and it's we get it a little bit. Well, we used to anyway. Um, you get it from like from Neil Reynolds. Neil Reynolds used to do it, but he, but because he, he, he knew it would trigger Cowboys fans. We had, we always had that conversation with him before. And he's like, I have no problems with the Cowboys, but like it's, but like you say, it's just it seems to be. The ones that probably hate the Cowboys, you always see it the same day. Like I say, anybody that's got backgrounds with the Eagles don't ever really say much nice about the Cowboys. But like I say, it's, you, see it, you see it on you see it on the on the on the um, on the Dallas dot com stuff. Always very fair. If 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 a rivals players have played well, they'll come out and say it. If the rivals players have had a bad game, they'll say it. But they'll also say it about the Cowboys. It's, I say, it's, it, it's that kind of stuff. That's why I like listening to a lot of their stuff more than anybody else. Because even though they're there for the Cowboys, they, they kind of they tell it as it is, and that's what you want. You just you don't want this makeup rubbish just for clickbait. You want to listen to someone's opinion because they're actually telling you sense and they're not just talking crap for the sake of it uh-huh. yeah I, agree, Jim. I just want to just want to bring up two points here and they're both from Labarsky. he says LaShawn McCoy is living up more to his nickname as an analyst than as a player definitely shady 
I fully agree with you Ooh. on that, Lebarski. And then the second thing was, he says, I thought Brian was going to say Skip Bayless. Um, I, I, I said I said Skip Bayless. I say them. Yeah. But the reason I said but, Skip Bayless, because he, when, whenever the Cowboys win, he oversells it. Like, he makes it out, like, and that's one thing that annoys me the most when someone, yeah. when there's pro Cowboys with too big of a voice, they big it up way too much. And that's why it gives us fans a bad name. That's why you've got your Stephen mm. A's like hating on us and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't believe I'm actually I'm going to say this. There is times where Stephen A. Smith it can be very level headed. At times he can give us props when it comes to mm. him. like yeah, like and but even though he hates us, but he will give us fair props when it's appropriate. Yeah. See, like the, the whole clickbait stuff when you mentioned Skip Bayless as well, like in those ways, like when you see it, if Dak has a bad game, you see him posting videos of him throwing his Dak Prescott jersey in the bin. See, but then when yeah. Dak plays well, it is, it's like he's Dak's biggest advocate. It's like, come on, man. It's like, you, can't be, you can't be both. He's like he's suffering from bipolar or something like that, honestly. Like, yeah. how could, like, like, this is my personal take. If you're a so-called Cowboys diehard and you throw a Cowboys jersey in the trash, I'm sorry. That, to me, is no. I'm sorry. And yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, and I completely agree with Mark here. He is a complete and utter idiot. And I just hate yeah. the fact that he tries to brag about, yeah, I've, I've been with Jerry. I've been on his yacht and stuff like that. Skip, no one cares. No one freaking cares about you being on his <laughs> yacht and whatever and that. And 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 so seriously, just there's a reason why like like uh, Shannon Sharp moved away from like at least he actually had some type of level head when he was on that show with him. And and I'm sorry, we are jumping way off the mark here. We're supposed to be talk- <laughs> we are supposed we are supposed to be talking about this winner against the Giants here. <laughs> like, but, I'm going to bring you back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please do, Brian. Please bring me back <laughs> on track. You know, because I'm getting myself all rallied up about us. So I look, I just just as I say, I want to go back to this. So Lebarski, if you ever think I'm talking about Skip Bayless, you're totally wrong. I will never talk about mainstream media. And that's why I wanted to kind of bring it back to this point. And Paul and Jane both kind of mentioned it in the last five minutes. If you look, all of us have kind of learned how to podcast and learned how to speak from watching the guys on the Dallas Cowboys media team. They've supported us from day one. And that's why you will always see us. We're never too high. We're never too low. Now, don't talk to us in the group chat because (laughs) that that can be fun. But the thing is, we, we analyze what we see. We take the time to have a few days in between the pregame and the postgame, you know, that we can kind of rewatch, balance our opinions out, and then we'll talk, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. When, when, when the game is on, we're fans like the rest of you, and we will call each other out on everything. Yeah. But we always try to be balanced. Yeah, if it's like me and Brian and possibly even Rich are probably the best examples. We like there's a reason why we don't normally post on Twitter during game day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's this is why the level headedness really comes on board, and this is why we've got connections with like Sir Derek Edelton and Brian Broderick yeah. and stuff like that to come onto the show um as guests and stuff like that. So and big shout out to uh, Cowboys Break for actually giving us a shout out today which was lovely. Uh, they mm. gave a big shout-out to the UK Cowboys fans and also to uh, Big D Germany, because uh, obviously 
they are aware that we're coming over and they, they say that they're uh they've got something set up for us on the the, the when we're at the star so we're looking forward to uh, meeting up with everybody and saying hello and catching up yeah but look as i say i said i'm going to bring you back on track so joe has got joe has please, kind of do. Up, please do <laughs> joe joe has brought up the point um cd lamb 10 straight or three straight games 10 targets and going joe has over 100 it's actually over 150 yards in three straight games and that one-handed catch by oh. cd lamb oh. on the very first drive jamie talk to me about that I don't, I, I don't think i could find the words um i think when i was when i was covering the game i think i, I think the only thing i could use was wow it was literally it it was immense. I'm just hoping that NFL UK tweet that catch out constantly like they did Odell Beckham's one handed catch against us years ago. Because this game, we actually won this game while that catch was on, whereas they lost they did the Giants for that game. But yeah, it was it was a, it was immense the catch. Said it said it last week, he's a he's a wide receiver one. He's definitely a wide receiver one. Um but then just to flip it off before Paul, before Paul gives his opinion on it, what about the sideline catch from the Cowboys coach when um, I saw it. threw it into I, the crowd? That was that was quite good as well. I have to admit that was pretty that was pretty cool. I have to admit, <laughs> yeah. So Paul, I've I've a question for you, and I, it's it's still on CD Lamb, and yeah. we kind of mentioned this a few weeks ago before this run started. You know, that this was the season where CD needed to prove that he was that guy who could get you 10 catches a game, that could get you over 100 yards a game, that could, you know, get those back shoulder fades, that could get you those yards along the sidelines. And, you know, this, a lot of people this offseason wanted him to step up into that bracket with Jamar Chase with Justin Jefferson, with Stefan Diggs, uh, with Tyreek Hill. And I think he's done that this season. I think he's actually beat every one of those guys you've mentioned, but obviously the only <laughs> one that's kind of on par with him right now. And I think there's between now, as the season stands, there's only 60 yards difference, I believe, between him and AJ Brown. So yeah. I believe that I think like... it's it's about a hundred yards between between uh, been, CD, I, Tyreek Hill, and AJ Brown. Yeah, but I think between CD and AJ, sixty yards difference, I believe. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, and and yeah, again, this is the whole narrative of the media. But I'm not going to mention more about the media. But the, anyway, uh, but the idea is like you're not. He's not still getting the recognition out of it. But we, as mm. the fans, we are starting to really see that this year. And and you mentioned it just there in terms of the routes and stuff like that, like. He was going deep route. He was going slants. He was doing curl routes. He was doing posts, post routes. Like he was doing everything that was a centrum, and he was on fire. And not to mention, like the, the other wide receivers were on par as well. They were everybody was on point. I thought, like, the, the, I find the only one, like, again, I don't want to send like a pure down. I think the only downside was probably Luke Schoenmaker's drop pass, really. Yeah. But but other than that, I think. It was safe to say it was our overall great performance. You know, like you sometimes you don't you don't like players calling things out um, in a certain way when they're getting interviewed. But 
he said a few weeks ago, didn't he? He was like, look, get me the ball. He's like, this is what I'm mm-hmm. here for. And ever since he's done it, he's he's balled out. And like he's apart from the Eagles game, because that was that was we were pretty well, I'd say pretty unlucky. We were pretty much screwed out of that game. But but it, all in all these three games, you, essentially you've got three wins there. When mm-hmm. when C D Lamb's gone over over one twenty, one thirty, one forty, that's what that's what you that's what you've that's what you've gone out and paid your quarterbacks. All this money to do to find your wide receiver one. You've got your wide receiver one. Throw him the ball. The, the a prime example as well of doing that is is what the Vikings did when Jefferson's been fit. Throw him the ball. Throw him the throw him the high ball. Let him go up and and grab these 50-50 balls. That's what you're paying him to do. Speed and of show it. Yeah, speaking about 50-50 balls, I thought Gallup was on par yeah. in that game as well. Like yeah. him beating on man uh, beating his man on man coverage and stuff like that as well. Like you can say whatever, yeah, again, Cronenberg, you or he was a bad cop or whatever not. Who cares? The fact is he actually performed and actually did what Michael Gallup was supposed to do, go down more deep route passes and actually perform challenge for those 50-50 balls, be more physical. He did that as well. And we need to give a good talk about like some Brandon Cooks as well. Like, yeah, like, I ju- just want to just want to go to one point here for a second. But uh, look, lads, we can see all the comments that are coming through, and it's great to see that everyone is talking to each other in the comments and answering each other's questions. Look, I know Andrew is dying to get this, and I'm actually going to back up Andrew a little bit on this. He's asked us, "Is is CD better than Des Bryant?" Um, in his heyday, uh, and I'm going to say CD is not as good. Yes. Yes, he needs yes. to prove it over yeah. the longer term, like Dez did. I agree. You know, I so agree. I'm going to give Dez his props, but CD can get there if he keeps going the way he is. I would say the first six years of Dez Bryant to the first five years, what is it, four years of CD? Well, so first four years of each player, Dez 100%. But obviously when Dez signed a new contract, when he got that new contract with, with Daz, he did decline a little bit. But other than that, I would yeah. still have Dez over Lamb. Like, just in terms of the pure physicality, in terms of the the passion for the game, in terms of leadership in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, prime example, do you remember the, the Eagles game that Dak, uh, no Dak, um, Dez went up to, um, I can't remember the Eagles player's name is, but they were having a, a, a right tuffle at the warm-ups mm. of the game. Yeah. Actually, that's our bloody number 88 right there. That guy is... Will do anything for this team, like yeah. But but again, CD. I, I, again, I agree with Andrew. CD can be better, but it's just a matter of just keep being, just keep it going as it. Like try not fall down from grace right now. Like just keep up yeah. the good work, and if that's the way we're performing with the Carolina this weekend coming up, why not keep it going? Yeah. Mm. It's, it's just it's, it's just a shame, it? Well, go ahead, Jamie. Sorry, right. Just say it's just a shame because we that you kind of can't compare the two in terms of we got we got to see we got to see Dak uh, we got to see Dak play with them both. Although there's not for, for not as long as CD has, but and in terms of seeing what could what could have 
CD being like with, with Romo's or just to kind of you know for that compare that comparing narrative. Ooh, um because like, there's not although you would probably pick Dev at the minute, like I said, CD's definitely got the potential to to be better. That that's actually, that, that's quite a good take actually. Like, would you rather have CD Lamb going back in time play with Romo, or would you have Prime Dez back with that Prescott now? Mm. That would be a quite a. I think that'd be quite a split this discussion. I think. So I'm I'm going to kind of bring it back up. So I'm just trying to find Mark's comment here. So. As he says, look, Andrew, not necessarily better, but different. Dez was extremely strong, which is not part of CD's game, but I think he's a better route runner than Dez. Yeah. And the two players don't play the same game, but what you want from your wide receiver one is production, is catches, is yards, is touchdowns. And I think if you throw the ball, throw a 50-50 ball, Dez is going to win that every time. If you're looking for route running, I think C.D. Lamb is a better player. Could you have done different, as you kind of say, could you have done differently with different quarterbacks? Possibly. But look, let's just be happy that we've we've had such great receivers. Yeah, yeah. We've we've had we've had a good look at wide receivers, especially in the past 10 years. We've got Des Bryant, we mm-hmm. had Amara Cooper, and now we've got C.D. Lamb. So... Yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, uh, let this may continue. And and I think that's probably the, like you kind of what Mark's just kind of mentioned. I think if that was the only thing missing from CD Lamb's game is to add a bit more mass, a bit more muscle, be more physical. If that was the case, I'm, I'm pretty sure he would be top dog in terms of the wide receivers in the league as of right now. Yeah. So, Jamie, I'm going to throw this to you, and Paul, I'll, I'll come back around to you. You kind of mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. We cannot leave this segment without talking about Brandon Cooks. Yes. 173 yards, I think it was. One touchdown, nine receptions. We complained last week they didn't target him. They targeted him this week, 173 yards and a touchdown. Discuss. That's what you brought, that's what you brought him in for. You brought him in. I say he's a he's a different receiver to to Gallup. He's a different receiver to CD. He stretches the field. He stretched the field a lot at the weekend. And by God, did he he make the most of his opportunity? Um, I'm just trying to find the stats. Now to, to his long his longest his longest reception was 37 yards. He averaged nine nine nineteen point two per catch. Absolutely sick in a good way. I mean, and it's. I think we've finally we we we've finally seen that we've got that one-two wide receiver punch, which we've been desperately lacking. And that's no disrespect to Jay Ferguson. Me, I mean, me and Paul are massive Jay Ferguson fans. Um, but you you want that one-two punch at the wide receiver position, and then you want you go to tight end. So now we've got. I'm not saying that any any of the others are not, but we've got. Three legitimately um, dangerous targets on that field. If you get them all on at the same time, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Paul, I just want to come to you with this, this question here because I, I meant to come to this earlier in the show, and it, it, it feeds in with the whole idea of Brandon Cooks as well. 
uh, and it came from Lebarski. Have we just completely abandoned the Texas coast, or have we adapted to accommodate this team strength? I, Whatever I, it is, I like it much better. I think we've definitely adapted it. I think the problem was we're still trying to find what best suited the players at their best strengths. Mm. Obviously, the brand new system, Mike McCarthy in charge. We knew it was going to make take time. We, we thought it would have clicked a lot more sooner, but I think it's now starting to click. And if this is the way we're going to be playing, like don't get don't get me wrong, we saw the good glimpses of that against the lot against the Eagles. Despite the loss, I still thought we put in a good fight and performance in there offensively. Mm. There is yeah. still some weak creaks and butts there, but it was a hell of a lot better than other performances early on in the season. So I think we're now in a good stage where okay, we know this works for this player, that works for this player. This is what we're going to be doing, and Mike McCarthy can now build up that better strategy. And and credit to Mike McCarthy, like I said at the start of the show, he adjusted his game plan to mm-hmm. ac- accommodate his players. So massive kudos for coaching, massive kudos for the, the adjustments, and massive kudos for the players to really shine under those adjustments as well. And uh, I just wanted to bring this up for about Brandon Cook. So it was 173 yards, you said there, Brian? Yeah, yeah, 173. Right, so we all know that Brandon Cooks has been probably one of the most consistent wide receivers in terms of getting a 1,000 yard seasons. And I know what I'm about to say might be a bit of a stretch as of right now, but there is nine games left, right? So on average, if a... If... Brandon Cruz was to get 83 yards per game for the next nine games of the regular season. He'll still hit that 1,000-yard season, 83 yards. Yeah. Doable. Still doable. Mm-hmm. It very much is. And like that, as you say, look, it's great to see all these comments coming in. Um, you know, Lebarski is saying, I hated that we lost the game last week, but it came out with feeling positive. Um and Mark is saying, I have to mention, Paul touched on it earlier, McCarthy called the perfect game. We didn't need to score 70 points. We needed the lead and then use this game and the next few as preseason games. And Jamie, I kind of touched on this in, as I say, in our own admin chat, that this was, it's not that it was a get right game, but this was a game where you needed to get everybody touches the ball. So like that, Michael Gallup had 70 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Brooks got involved, got his first touchdown. Ferguson got a touchdown. Mm. Everybody got touches, got involved, and it just felt right. This can give us a bit of a launch into next week, as Mark is kind of saying, feed into that Panthers game. And then we're coming into, say, the game in in that you guys are going to be at in a week's time. And then we're getting ready for that bunch coming into AT&T, and we should be in a lot better format. I, I, I said I said it on Twitter. I said it when we were having our, our admin chat that yeah, it was get the get the game out of the way and take the take the stars out mid third quarter. Um, yeah, I mean, and that and it's the perfect it's the perfect way. I like say like we looked like Jalen Brooks got his first four receptions in the NFL. Um, Galvin <laughs> got a lot of touches. We were spreading the ball around. Um, it was just. I think the one thing. I think the one thing out of it all that kind of paid me off a little bit is it wasn't anything to do with what the cowboys. And it was the commentators. Was it was 
I think was it with the the last touchdown we went for it and they were like, why are the Cowboys running the score up? And if that would have been anybody against the Cowboys, mm. everyone would have, would have been saying, run the score, run the score. No, yeah. run the score up, get, like you say, get these guys out, get them some reps. Like Cooper Rush had, well, he had, had nine attempts. Yeah, yeah, he threw a bad, he threw a, a poor interception. But he had, he had almost as many um, um, passing yards as DeVito did with almost half the reps. And it, like I said, if such way don't happen, but if that goes down, would would you feel more confident going into say next into this weekend's game, knowing that um, Cooper Rush got a quarter and a half, or just or he had three or four snaps to finish the game? You'd rather have it this way, wouldn't you? I, I'm, I actually would say I'm, I'm I, I would definitely swing towards what Mark Anthony mentioned um, regards to I'd rather us dominate one half of football and mm-hmm. like if it's like the Panthers is going to be an eye good example they are doing terrible right now they're the worst team in yeah. the NFL they're one in seven right now if if we put on like put like an R28 points in the first half we'll let that play a couple of more reps in the third quarter and just play it out uh, with with our backups because I do agree that because again it gives more guys more exposure more reps across the board and not just mm-hmm. that it prevents injury and more like it like best example Tyron Smith we don't have to play him the whole game mm. like like it means we can mm. keep him keep him still fresh going into the more week 14 game against the Eagles the Thanksgiving game and the Seahawks game as well so I think that's definitely something to consider as well so I'm definitely more in favor of like if we're dominating like the a Sixty-five percent of the the game throughout, then bring in the backups, give them some reps, give them more exposure, and give us more options. When the, if it was something to happen, then at least we feel more comfortable going forward with that. Just just to quickly sideways, just because Paul mentioned um, Carolina, just a big shout out to um, to Mike Bull and Darren, and also to John. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're all going to be in Carolina this weekend for the game. Yeah, so guys, if you if you're at the Carolina game, be sure to look out for the UK Cowboys fans, Mike, Bill, and Darren, and uh, John Depere as well is going to be out there as well with his missus. Yeah. Probably going to be repping some yeah. repping out there. Yeah, they'll be repping repping out the fan club out there. So uh, and, uh, um, and and I believe uh, Darren and Mike will be wearing our signature hoodies that we're going to be wearing <laughs> for the Thanksgiving game as well. So yeah. And I, I'm I I I know these guys are uh, they're actually part of the 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 Carolina Panthers setup, but the the, the boys from Sky Fever, friends of mine here, they oh, nice. uh, they regularly tune in, and uh, they they're actually playing one of the one of the songs that's on the Sky or on the the Panthers set list. So keep an eye and an ear out for those boys. Oh, nice one. Yeah, but. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to see—is there anything else we need to talk about on offense? Um, I think we've covered quite a lot. I will give us also a shout out to uh, Hunter Lupke as well. You mm. know, he was very limited, but I saw very similar glimpses of beef, uh, beef and Zeke at one point with him and Dowdle. Mm-hmm. I saw yep. a similar glimpses of that where he played the proper fullback role by running the inside block 
helping likes of uh, Tyler Smith moving upfield to seal the block in, and Dowdy will run those like, extra five yards up front. I think nice. That's that's a type of good thing that we you never know, got. We've got another option in terms of the inside run. If we can keep that going as well for Dowdy, and, and even Pollard had some success with that as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, look. Just, just something I do want to touch on. Touch on there before we get off the offense. Look, six hundred and forty yards, something unbelievable. But the biggest stat for me: red zone six of seven. Red zone troubles are gone. Yeah, we. Um, it was good to watch. Like you say, it was. It wasn't that kind of thing of, my God, what's what's going to happen. Um, and if, and if I'm right, actually, I think the, the only time we didn't convert down in the red zone was on that first drive, wasn't it? When the, when the, yeah. uh, we went for it on fourth and one and sadly didn't get it. But yeah, it was it was nice going there thinking, you know what, we could um, we could get some points here and some serious points. And like I said, we, we took it away. So fingers crossed it keeps going for the next few weeks. I will say, though, and this is not... I don't want to end it in a pure negative, but if you notice the past two games... Um, our first offensive drive was a really bad four and out. Yeah. You ever noticed? You ever noticed that? But after that, it's like the light bulb switches, and that's when we go out and actually play some really good football. I don't know if you, if I don't know if that, I may be thinking into it, maybe maybe a little bit too much here, but is it a concern at all? Not for me no. personally. I just think it's just it's one of them, um, just for the fact that. I think if we would have, if it would have been the Eagles, I don't think we would have gone for it on fourth down there. I think we would have took the field goal. Um, I think, the, I think the Cowboys would would probably confident of oh, they, they did it twice, but back to back in there, they were, they were confident of if we have, if we turn the ball over right down here that we're gonna we're gonna get it back straight back and we did. So luckily, I think yeah, because it was the Giants, I think we get away with it. Um, the Eagles, I don't think we would have done. Mm. Yeah. So look, we're we're nearly an hour and ten minutes into the show. Mike is going to kill us, but oh, look, it's 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 time to talk about the defense. And I mean, I don't think we can start without mentioning five sacks. Paul Neville Gallimore had a sack. <laughs> My guy, and but but unfortunately, he got himself ejected at the end of the game. <laughs> That's really why. <laughs> to be fair, though. On that one, yeah, it was a bad ejection, and then and not in any way condoned it. But he was to there; it was provoked. He was Just pushed into the ground, and he, and he and he's he's kicked out. I think I think sixty five, seventy percent of players would have probably reacted the same way. Aye, but at the same time, though, Jamie, you need to be you need to, yeah. there's, a thing, there's a thing called like special football. There's a thing called controlled aggression. Like especially yeah, if you're true. especially if you're in the trenches, if you're an O line or defensive line, it's like yeah, you want to be aggressive, but it needs to be very controlled. Never, never Gallimore lost control of that, mm. and, and and he got ejected for it. So, but yeah, his sack was absolutely fantastic, and it was the burst from the get off. His first step really pulverizing that a uh, guard and really got underneath his arm to really pull the the rip move on it and really got to him so but yeah i i, 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 hmm? I have a question for you go for it are you the big lebarski i bloody wish 
<laughs> I, 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 unfortunately, I don't have the charisma and the patter like Labarski brings to the table. Like I, I take the piss out of myself most of the time. I can I can be in the same level as Labarski's level here, so I can't take credit. You know, though, um, and apologies, Brian, if you uh, if you're going to bring this up, but I think I think one of the one of the stats that sticks out that kind of maybe gone a little bit unnoticed, especially. Because we've been on his back, because he was the first round pick, Marzi Smith, three, 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 and like, 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 to be fair, as we always say about a defensive tackle, like you're never, you're never going to see the value of this guy unless you have an Aaron Donald in your midst. You're not going to see a defensive tackle really blossom till season two and midway through season two at that and into season three. Like, if you look at Oso Digizua, I know himself and Mazzy are not the same. One's, one's, we have a one tech and a three tech. But Osa in his first eight games was playing lights out and tapered off. And then he played well in his first 10 to 12 games last season and tapered off. And what we're seeing with Mazzy is that the graph is going upward like this, it's going up and to the right. Uh, and that's what you so, want to see from him. That's exactly, Brian. And, and in terms of being proper one-tech defensive tackles, they are very hard to come by. It's like you mentioned that like you've got the unicorns of that position, which is basically Aaron Donald, your Warren Saps. Um, mm-hmm. You could even put Nadama Kansu in there because way back when yeah. he was drafted by the Lions, he was a wrecking ball. Even though he was a bit of a dirty player, but he was a wrecking ball. Like Those, th- those type of guys stood out from the crowd. So... Um, but yeah, um, when it comes to Mazzy Smith, like he's not. We the expectation is, oh, is he going to be like Aaron Dor? No, he's not. A completely different player for that. Is he going to be the guy who's going to help stop the run at one hundred percent? He's there to eat up double team blocks. He's there to actually force back offensive linemen into the pocket to force the quarterback to uh, make some like under pressure mistakes. That's what his he's designed to do. If he actually gets into the backfield, that's going to be scary because if anyone remembers during the draft process of the power and strength he can do, if he was to even get his hands on a quarterback, not to mention the actual player with the ball, the running back in question, they're going for a ride. They're going to be thrown about like a wet tracksuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And like, like, to, like to be fair, I think as you've kind of said, Paul, like, Mazzy is not there. He's not designed to be a guy who appears regularly on the stat sheet. He is there to make double, t- to take double teams, to stop the center, to top stop one of the guards as well. Yeah. That's his job. And you know, if if he if he comes maybe to ninety percent of what Vita V is now. I'd be very happy with that draft. Oh, absolutely. And and just on that point out to make it's like so we had what five t- five sacks. How many tackles for losses did we have in that game? Eight. Eight, right. So when you really do think seven, about it, right? Seven, I think seven. 
seven. Well, well either way, when you yeah. really do, when you do think about it, right? There's Mazzy Smith now really concealing the inside. We saw a lot more action from the edges. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot. Like don't get me wrong. Like you got Demarcus Lawrence. They had Dante Fowler. We had um, I can't even remember who else or, or got a side. Dar- I believe Darren Armstrong got one. Um, Armstrong got and, sack, yeah. and, and Sam Williams. Sam Williams got a sack, yeah. So you're seeing a lot more pressure from the edge because the inside's been so like reveled up. They're, they're, they're like they haven't. It's that it's that whole thing I keep talking about that chain reaction. If one player in the middle is giving you more grief, force. If one if like say if Massey Smith is forcing the guard back for fees. Then obviously he's going to have backup from the center. That's going to leave a gap for the inside. That means the chain reaction from the other side of the guard are going to have to like be more cautious, and that's now going to put pressure on the other. So it's a chain effect. And now, the, the, supposedly the tackle position, even though Evan, Evan Neal was playing and he came off and stuff, regardless, it still created that chain reaction. The defense were actually putting all firing cylinders on those edges because of what was happening in the middle as well. So what I'm basically, basically what I'm trying to say is every piece of that puzzle in terms of defensive line, if one player helps out massively by taking on a double team, it's going to affect the rest of that offensive line. And it's basically opening up the door for one of those players, if it's on the edge or B gap or A gap, even a linebacker blitz. It's going to make their job a lot more effective to get to the quarterback more quicker. Yep. Yeah. Go. <laughs> too too busy texting. No, I was I'm sorting out my taxes. Oh. <laughs> it's it's tax return time here in Ireland, but um. Another look, look. Another question. Lebarski has kind of mentioned it here. Sam Williams, punt gunner. How about that? Sam Williams is absolutely blowing it up in special teams, and he's also starting to show up in the in on the defensive side of the, the game. Paul, as you said, like he did, he did sack, he did tackle for loss, quarterback hit. You know, and look, it's been slow getting him in, but as I kind of said about defensive tackle. You need a season, a season and a half to get to that NFL level. And that's what you want to see from them. I would say the same with defensive ends. I would say, you you said defensive tackle, but I would say it's the exact same process for defensive ends as well. Like, remember, Demarcus Lawrence had to, after year two, he was starting to really come out, starting getting better. His rookie season was kind of like, oh yeah, like he's just like an odd body essentially, but he eventually got there. It was the same with Tyron Crawford as well. His rookie season mm-hmm. wasn't really the best, and he started getting better. But obviously, he got moved. The, he got moved about quite a lot. Yeah. So and yeah, it's a unless you're like the Nick Boses or Joey Boses of the league, they're not going to make that instant impact from the get go. Like it does take time. There's a reason why Sam Williams was drafted in the second round because he does have the traits. It's just a matter of building it up. To that point, and we are starting to see that with Sam Williams now, which is great because we had the opportunity to interview him on the Cowboys Experience show, uh, me and Mike, and uh, he's absolutely standard guy. And we will get to meet him ne- uh, next week um, at the meet and greet. And he's his, his target was to try and get ten sacks this year, and uh, mm-hmm. 
and I think it, it could well possibly well be possible. Like this game mm-hmm. against Carolina, who knows what happened? You may may get a couple in this game, but I think his targets actually kind of realistic. The more you're seeing, more him getting featured now because he is getting better and better with every game that we're seeing now. Yeah, go on, Jamie. Yeah, I think I don't think there's much more you can say. So, like you say, it's, it, he's, he's he's taking the opportunity he's getting. It was nice to see him um, get some get, get some defensive snaps in the in the game. But I've, I, say, I think um, Paul mentioned it even about him the other week. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he wants he wants more snaps. But if he gets him on the field, then he doesn't mind doing. The special team stuff. That's what you want. You you want players that will want to get on the field regardless of where they're playing. It's 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 just another it's another opportunity, especially on special teams, to show the coaches that you can trust me. Now put me in on my specialist side of the ball, and he's and he's he's starting, he's starting to do that, and and I think that's why the coaches have then been a bit more. Comfortable moving, you know. I think it was it was fast in some ways, but it's it, it's helped and make that decision to say, look, yeah, we, we can afford to probably put um, Mike Parsons back to linebacker for, for now because we just we we feel that we've got enough on that line to be able to cope with moving him back in and losing the production from the line we would get from him because, um, like I said, people like Sam Williams. Osidigizua, um, Gallimore can come in and, and pick up that, that slack what, what we're going to be missing from that side. Yeah. But don't forget your boy Chauncey Goldston. Yeah, he had, he had one. He had one in there. It's, it's a marathon, not spring. Yeah. But, I mean, again, to be to to, to, to kind of give some of a lesser light a, a, a shout-out, Dorrance Armstrong. Again, another sack. And I think Mike posted this up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong has as many tackles as, oh, I, I can't remember who it was, and hopefully he's still watching and he's going to send in a message now. But it was a first-round pass rusher. And you're kind of going, like, might it, I, I can't rem- I honestly can't remember. But, like, Dorrance Armstrong is showing up in every game. And as you... Boys have both kind of said, if you can get that production from Dorrance Armstrong, from Sam Williams, from Chauncey Goldson, also Dickie Zira, Neville Gallimore, Demarcus Lawrence is going to tie down that left side of the line at all times. Is it Koloftis? You know, is, is it not George Koloftis? I don't think it was George Karloftis because I think it was someone before that that was drafted before uh-huh. that. Um, sure. I'm not sure if it was Randy Gregory or is what or someone like that, but but that's the thing. Like, is that now you know what the line is giving you, and it's a young line, Barton Marcus and Jonathan Hankins, that Micah is now going to be freed up to play that linebacker kind of rover role, in that he can go where he wants, he can line up where he wants, and is that not what you want for your you know, master of all trades, because that's essentially what Micah Parsons is. I think listening, listening to Hanging With The Boys, I think it sounds like he wants to go back to the end, which is no surprise. Um, but 
he can he can still be just as dominating, stood up without. But like I say, but I think play, having him at the having him at the linebacker, it's, they're, they're having him as a different one out there. It, it, it sounds like it's a bit more. He's going to be sitting back off rather than trying to attack the quarterback. But mm-hmm. like I say, Micah's jack of all trades is is dominant. If you've got him on the line with his hands in the dirt, or if you've got him stood up, it, it, teams are still going to struggle to. To stop him, and that's one of the that's one of the, the privileges we have as Cowboys fans that we, we've got such a great linebacker on this team that mm. he, he can he can play multitude of positions, and that's what you want. Like I say, it's a it's a league where you need a lot of versatility, and we've we've certainly got that with him. Yeah, like Paul, looking not looking too far ahead, but looking to the summer, we obviously have to make a decision. On Micah Parsons because after three years he's allowed to say look I want my new contract and I get the reason why he's saying he wants to be paid as a de- or wants wants to be listed as a defensive end defensive ends get paid more than linebackers yeah yep and I think he should be paid to be honest <laughs> he's he's he's, compl- he's very vital to the team he contributes a lot they like, don't give out like Starts against the Giants, like obviously he didn't really get as much stats as what people would expect him to get, but you can't fault him. Like he's very versatile. He can play as linebacker. He can play play off ball linebacker, inside linebacker, defensive end as a five tech. He can move inside and, and a stunt move back into the three tech position, hitting the B gap. What like and he can draw back and cover. So you've got a very versatile player in Michael Parsons. He is a rare gem to have in your team, and he should be paid as one of the highest paid players, I think, personally. Like, there's no there's, there's no debate about it, I think, personally. Just, just, uh, just to comment on what's that. He's played cornerback, too. That's right. That's what I was meaning by dropping back in coverage, yeah. Go on, Jamie. Just, just, just to touch on um, on Valenti's comment there. Um, Valenti said that he's, he's the best player in defense. I, I think he's, he's the best player on this roster, and that might get that might get challenged by some people, which is fair enough. But for me, Mike Parsons is the best player on this roster. He's and. It's, it's it's not just that in terms of being best yeah. player as well. I think I think also as well, he's got the leadership qualities, the way how he talks as well. Like he he wants to get us a championship. He's been so outspoken about it. He yeah hated the fact that we lost to San Francisco the way we did in the playoffs. Like he felt like his side of the team. And the defense did their job the best their capability. He held our offense accountable. He wanted to kind of like it's like this offseason, we're gonna try and help our offense, try and get them get better. We're gonna ram it down their throats during practices, we're gonna get rough and tough during training camps, stuff like that to make them better and that. So yeah. and mm-hmm. he's that type of he's that type of player. And whenever there's any criticism about his teammates, he's the first one on social media out in these people saying it's like don't think uh, like basically like it's like we didn't call him a player so they played a brewing game what you're saying is absolute mm-hmm. trash essentially mm-hmm. that that's a leader of your team there and that's something that's very hard to come by you know yeah. in, ter- in terms of the contracts and this is no 
disrespect to Diggs and to Dak either, because they both deserve the contract, Scott. I think this is more, this is it's, it's an easier decision to give him the money. Absolutely, Jamie. Absolutely. Uh, but I say that they, and that's not. I say that's not disrespect to Dak. Dak. Dak balled out and Dak deserved the contract they got. So did Diggs. But I think this is just such an easier decision to make, just because, like I say, because of the players. Like I say, it's, for me, he's the best player on this roster. It's it's a no brainer. Yeah. As, as as I say, Jamie, I mentioned it earlier, myself and Rich are going to be looking at this in a little bit of detail in the next couple of weeks. And there will be articles up on the website or on the on the Facebook group page. So stay tuned for that. Um, just bringing up Andrew's comment he, he, in relation to Mike Parsons. He says he's my next game. game he's my next jersey, but I want a game-worn jersey. Andrew, good luck with that. You're looking at maybe 10 at uh, five figures to get that jersey. But yeah, it's not cheap, dude. Not cheap at all. Suppose we could always have a word with him next week and see if we can swipe it for Valenity. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as Lebarski says, I would say that other than Mahomes, he is the best, most important player in the league in regards to Micah Parsons. Yeah, I think in terms of. If you to summarize one player per team, Mahomes, Kansas City, I would say Aaron Donald for LA and Michael mm-hmm. Parsons for Dallas. I think that's yeah. easy. I think that's the most obvious ones out there. I can't think of the other teams right now. Like I can't really think who would be standards for those other teams, but uh, hey, that was on my mind, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> now, boys, you have your mission next week. <laughs> Jamie, that's on you because you're the one that said it. <laughs> oh, God, we haven't even got on the plane and Paul's backed out of it already. <laughs> um, I'm planning getting, I'm getting very trunk out my face when I'm over there. So, mate, I've told you, mate, I'm, I'm joining you on it. I'm going to be on the pay while you, before you get in the airport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, look, guys, something else I wanted to mention during the course of um, the defensive side of the game. Our third down rate, zero for 12. That's ridiculous. The Giants did not convert a third down in the whole game last weekend. That's ridiculous. Last lights out defense in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that's another contribution. Micah is actually making defences think about him, and it's now yeah. opening the door to let other players evolve. So he's a difference maker. That's plain and simple. Micah is the X factor. Yeah. And as Mark Anthony is saying there, pay the man. He should be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. If, Mark, I, had, if, I, had, if I had a sim bite right now, it'd be show me the money. absolutely look we obviously cannot talk about the defensive side of the ball without mentioning Deron Bland's name again he had another interception at the weekend since he's joined the league in 2022 he has 10 interceptions which is the highest number of interceptions in the league in that time period um Richard Sherman is the only other fifth-round player to have had 10 interceptions in their first two years in the league. And Duran still has half a season to go. He is a pick machine, isn't he? Yeah. 
it's it's a little bit like I'm not, I'm not saying it is at, is at that level. It, it could get to it, but it's like it's it's like teams don't learn. Like if you look at digs, like teams didn't learn. Don't throw to digs because digs will make you pay, and that's what teams are doing this season with Bland. They're they're throwing his way in, and he's 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 having field days. It's like teams are going to have to stop throwing his way because he's just going to. He's just going to end. I think. I think he's going to win more receptions than than a lot of receivers in this league. It's it's insane what he's doing. Yeah, I know someone said it earlier in the comments. It might be Lebarski or Mark, but they said he has more touchdowns this season than six wide receiver ones on their team for a defensive back. That's mad. It's an absolutely crazy statistic, but. Paul, what's your own assessment of Deron Bland so far? The unsung hero that we did not expect to come out to play. That's yeah. pretty much that. Like he's because when you think about it, what he was what a fifth round draft pick, I believe. Fifth round draft pick, yeah. Very, very low expectations. When he came and burst into the scene, he's just been picking uh, interceptions left, right, and center, and he's yeah. continued to continue to evolve that into this season. So I think given more time, more game, and once like the dice comes back into play, you could see him and Bland, because obviously Gilmore is play, pretty much like play, play, playing for his final seasons as an NFL player right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the future, you can see like the Diggs and Bland on opposite sides of the ball. That's a scary combination. You've got two absolute ball hawks, guys that can tackle, guys that have got the keen eye to lead the quarterback. It's 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 scary. It's absolutely scary. See, yeah. it, this comes back to the whole thing of taking your opportunity, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it was it's absolutely devastating what happened to Diggs. Um, but it's like it's that it's that old saying in the league, it's next man up in it. And it's you, did the Cowboys have somebody on the roster that could maybe, maybe not so much fill that role, but come in and and grab the ball by the horn, so to speak, and take every ounce of opportunity that they've got and he's coming and done that and that's that's what you want and it's it's going to be interesting if Gilmore's around next season how the Cowboys play this out because obviously Diggs going to be back fully fit and you've got Bland who's had a, a good season good season and Gilmore's no slouch that's yeah. it's, going to, it's going to make that secondary look a lot stronger next season when it, it gets to that but that's that's probably a conversation for another day yeah and like I know I look I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a name here and I know people are gonna be a little bit peed off but don't forget Eric Scott who we drafted last year we traded away this year's fifth round draft pick and he's been an in he's been a healthy inactive each week but they've effectively redshirted him for this year and I think going into 2024 you're gonna see a lot more of Eric Scott on the field. And I would expect a similar impact from from him as what we've got from Jerome Bland. Um, but look, as we always love to say, guys, we cannot leave this show without talking about our special teams. Brandon Aubrey, seven from seven. Brian Anger, ninety-three yards. Both of his kicks into the twenty-two. Flipped the field. Pinned the Giants inside. They're 20. I mean, 
special teams this year have been special. I can't see any more than that. Like Brandon Aubrey has completely lit the world on fire. I think it, it, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. And I never thought uh, going into the season I'd be praising a kicker with all all the praises right now because mm-hmm. he's he's just been unstoppable. Like he's only missed one, and that was his very first kick since then. He has been ruthless. Like, and here's the thing the majority of all of his texts have been pretty much always been bang on the center. None of them is like hit off the, the woodwork or just made it in. He's made it very comfortable being in the league. Like, he's adjusted supremely well. So, amazing acquisition to the Dallas Cowboys squad. Something that we've been desperately been needing for the past couple of years as a good kicker. And we've got that now. Like, obviously, there was question marks when we did bring them on board. Like, does he have it what it takes to go into the lights under the NFL, especially playing for the Dallas Cowboys, probably the most notable team of all sports franchises across the world? The answer to that is a big fat yes. He's, he's got a little bit of gambelic kind of feel. Like you say, it's automatic. It's if the Cowboys have got. A 52-yard field goal with time, time. Uh, sorry, not field goal. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, field goal. Sorry, with time expiring, the game's tied at 27. Aubrey's up. You just, you just have that feel that he's gonna kick it. Like kick, kickers over the last couple of years have come up. Even for extra points, you've sat there and been like, I'm not really confident about this. This might not go in, but it's. Like this is like pretty much like when 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 we when we when we cover the games on Twitter, it's pretty much when it gets to a an extra point or it's a field goal, it's already typed out. Already saying the extra point is good, the field goal from blah 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 is good. Like it's just, you just have that much confidence in like it's like it would it feels like it would take an absolute miracle for him to miss like some kind a dodgy kind of wind blow or. In falling on his backside into <laughs> the turf too wet, somewhere like it's something like that. It's going to be some freak that breaks the breaks the um, it breaks that hundred percent. I say hundred percent. Hundred percent since he missed his first one. It's, it's going to take some odd to break that um, break that record going. Yeah, and again, like Brian Anger, um, I'm just trying to get the point here from from. Mark Anthony, with the best place kicker, best punter, best return game, and best ru- best rushing game or punt rush game or trying to block the kicker. You know, like, that's what you want from your special teams. You don't have to worry about them doing their jobs. Yep. And big, massive credit to Bones Faso. Yeah. Mm. Right. This year, like, he's been absolutely spot on in terms of his decision-making, getting the players drilled. Because that always seems to be the forget, forgotten position. Special teams can be very hit and miss, but this year, he's got special teams drilled to the high heavens this year. So, yeah. and he deserves a lot of credit as well. All the coaches that, for that in mind, um, even our cor- cornerbacks coach right now, deserves a lot. Yeah. Yep, Harris deserves a lot of credit as well. So we've been doing really good things. And 
I just hope we like just for our like how things are going right now. I just hope these type of performances continue on and continue on and get more wins of those belt and actually challenge for that NFC East and move and get into those playoffs. Yeah. I kind of agree with the comment of uh, Mark. I think yeah, I mean, we've got probably oh, we've got we've got the most consistent kicker at the minute. Uh, there's only one. Is he the best kicker in the NFL? I think there's only there's only probably one kicker I would take over him at this moment in time. Um, yeah, but just like I said just because he's pretty much automatic and he he could he could go down as the greatest kicker in the NFL history. Um, but it, it's it's at the minute it's close. Like it's uh, it, it, if it were, if it was like you've got Justin Tucker, you've got Brandon Aubrey now. Sell me on them. Like it, it would be a very hard sell. Like it, it'd be a lot of towing and throwing. It, it probably end up coming down to a coin toss. Quit. Here's a question for you guys. We all know the Pro Bowl can be a bit meh. Aubrey Pro Bowl, Jones Pro Bowl. What do we think? <laughs> I think it'd be a travesty if they don't make it. Our kicker and punter, I think they should be already in the conversation for it. Yeah. In the conversation, as as of today, they're very definitely in the conversation. They should be like first selection in terms of special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Anthony is coming in and he's saying, he said, Aubrey might be the GOAT. There is only one GOAT, Mark Anthony. Put some respect on his name. He's talking about, in case you don't know, Mark, like uh, the goal he's referring to is Jeff Heath. Because uh, he, he, he did score some kicking points against the Chargers and back in 2017. And yeah. I, was, I was at that game. Yeah. And, and he made it. He made it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lebarski is saying, he says, I hope Aubrey just make the Pro Bowl. But that's because he'll be playing in a different game. I think we all agree with yes. those sentiments. Oh, okay. By the confidence. Yeah. I just want to highlight as well. So, guys, if you're listening through Spotify or Apple Music and stuff like that, and you're wondering what who we're talking to, these are from the live comments that we're talking to. Yep. So if you want to catch us live, be sure to go and hit us up our usual time at 9 p.m. UK time. Uh, 3pm Central Time on Tuesday and Thursdays, so we'll be live on YouTube, Twitter and Facebook, so if you want to make comments on that, so that's where we've got we're talking to likes of Lebarski, Mark Anthony it's through the comments, so if you're listening through Spotify and you want to get, become more engaged, then come on to the live stream Yeah 100% Gentlemen, I think that's pretty much everything we have for the show, so before we get out of here, look, we always like to pay the bills, Um Paul, I'm going to throw this over to you. Yes, guys. If you're planning on going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go and check out CowboysExperience.com for game tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets, and much, much more. And if you want to get the full best experience and get a discount, be sure to use the promo code UK, UK Cowboys. Sorry, I almost burped there. <laughs> um, what does that code get you, Jamie? Gets you one of two things, actually, Brian. It's your free stuff. It's your chocolate mm-hmm. pudding. It does indeed. 
It does indeed. Uh, I, I, I just want, I do want to actually iterate, like you don't actually do the chocolate pudding, but it's just an ongoing joke we do have here. <laughs> like, but, but you do Barry, get, but you, you, you do Barry get some. better re- have some chocolate pudding ready next week. Oh um, yeah, we've already we've already said we're going to get some chocolate pudding. <laughs> oh god, we're getting some. It's going to be on. It's going to be on air. Don't you worry, Brian. <laughs> but, in t- but in terms of the package for uh, in terms of packages from and uh, using that code that you get free stuff you get like same memorabilia other like game uh, game same magazines and stuff like that you get um names raffled in for the t- like free raffle tickets for prizes like same jerseys and stuff like that so yeah there's there's a lot of good things you get included with your package yeah. the Cowboys experience so Labarski, just before we get out of here, Labarski had a couple of questions. He says, I've looked all over but can't find who he is. Just come back to us on who that question there, Labarski, but I'll throw this one to the two guys. Before we end, who's the dude that's always attached to Mike McCarthy's side? Do either of you guys have any insight on that? You know, I've never even noticed it, so I apologise because I've never noticed. That Prescott, because he was looked as though he was actually side by side with him quite a lot in that game. I think it's Bones. Oh, Bones. I, I, I told about Bones Faso. I, I think it's Bones. Bones. Yeah, Bones generally tends to be always beside McCarthy. Yeah, like he, like, it could be well be him. Like, uh, Labarski, like, kind of describe him. Describe him. I know it's going to be hard to text it, like, type it <laughs> in. No, but if you can give us some type of description what he looks like, is he tall and skinny? Does he, does he have a baseball cam and he's got a pure square jawline? Then if that's him, then that's Fassel. <laughs> That's probably so, the best. Uh, that's probably the best way I can describe John Fartle. Uh, short beard. That's not Ooh, bones. That's not bones. Well, that I think person. I think that's one of the assistants. Um, the assistant. I think I know who he's talking about it, but it's one of the assistants. It might even be McCarthy's kind of personal assistant. Um, mm. but gentlemen, before we go, I have a question for the two of you. Oh, this is the last show. I'm on before you guys land somewhere. Where are you guys going to be next week? We're on our way to Dallas, baby. Yeah. It's, it's finally real, isn't it? Big and bright. <laughs> Deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, so, yeah, so probably the, the next time we join you live, Bri, unless you jump on, on the Thursday show, we'll be, we'll be live from Texas. Um, I think it was we, about 16 of, 16 of us in there going out from the group to we, 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 go watch well, the Cowboys. J- Jimmy, we won't be able to do Thursday at all. No, no, so no, no. I think I think there was there was Mike was saying there's talk about maybe after you guys have done the Cowboys experience one and um, doing like a I don't know if it's all about we maybe combining a show or whatever. I don't know. Mike was mm-hmm. trying was coming across I don't know if him and Bryce spoke, but mentioned about maybe even like a special from there which could be very dangerous if um, <laughs> we'll have had quite a bit to drink it could be but he mentioned it he mentioned it a couple of times he said he's still toying with ideas but I'm assuming that yeah that'll be between you three guys to, to work out <laughs> because yeah I'm going for the beer <laughs> I will not be on that show. I will be safely tucked up in my bed next Wednesday night. <laughs> to be fair, though, I think I think I think out of that whole trip, I think the one thing we need to probably apologise for is probably the noise that will come out of all of our mouths when um, 
Billy Parton comes on stage with we're doing the Atajar thing because we are going to scream like little girls. We're not going to have any voices left to even talk, Jamie. <laughs> it's going to be mad. <laughs> we're all, we're, we're all going to sound like, I don't know, we're all going to sound like Chewbacca after the game. Well, I mean, like Cowboys and Dolly Parton is like, like could it, could you get a better combination? No, in, fact, actually, in fact, do you know who we all sound like? We all sound like 2023 version of Myra Cyrus. That's who we'll sound like. <laughs> you mean Dolly's goddaughter? Aye, aye, we're, we're doing a sound like Myra Cyrus by after the game. It's like, <laughs> like <that. laughs> so, yes. so, so, look, the final question before we go, gentlemen, which are you more excited for, the game or Dolly Parton? The game, obviously. I'm yeah, a, I'm a, I'm as much as she's a legend, it's that's what we're going over for the Cowboys, aren't we? That's what obviously. it's about. Like, like that that was the icing on the cake, that the cherry, cherry the cherry topping pretty much. But I like I I'm been buzzing for this game for ages. Like the fact that it's against Washington, I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Lebarski has said Brian Flex and that piano plays the tune. Lebarski, I'm sure you can hear me playing right now. But look, <laughs> it's the end of the show. It's a good night for me, and I'll pass you over to these two gentlemen. As usual, Dallas forever, Philly forever. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you for the pre-game show on Thursday. Hi, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you from Dallas next week. Texas forever, folks.